Matt, how you doing today, brother? Kyle Dunbar, doing well, man. How you doing? Matt Vaught. Yes, sir. You, uh, I'm doing awesome. I'm sorry yeah. I didn't say your last name. So, uh, welcome to Straight to the Point, completely off topic with your host, Kyle. But anyway, <laughs> Matt, uh, I understand you've been working hard on uh, your tattoo artist, one, to start, of course. Um, almost everybody on my show generally is. However, you've also recently become a Chinese spy. Tell us about it. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, it's actually a sleeper cell agent. Mm -hmm. um, so if I hear the correct, you know, Chinese food order, uh, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> okay. Right on. Then yeah. th this all started uh, when you signed up to TikTok. Is that right? Um, yeah. A little bit after that, uh, TikTok, as you may know, is um, grown to be the biggest social media platform out there right now. And, uh, social media of Chinese flies, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, did you know. I say splies? I meant spies, but supplies, flies, yeah. supplies, flies. Yeah, actually, supply chains. Let's talk yeah. about it. Important topic: China yeah. supply chains. Discuss. Um, <laughs> no, you, you're you're actually been rising quickly, uh, in my in my my rudimentary understanding of the platform. I've been sure. watching you and your friends rising pretty quickly uh, through the upper echelons, if you will, of TikTok platform i don't know is it fame is it celebrity i'm gonna say celebrity yeah i mean some people say that i don't know it still makes me kind of uncomfortable you know um and not like all they want to touch you or... yeah <laughs> yeah a little touch? bit a little bad touch you know um but not not all of us could uh get on ink master there so you know we got to do something <laughs> to get our names out there <laughs> and artwork obviously ain't gonna do it yeah, that doesn't work. That's what I found out when I was on Ink Master. I tried out three times, and they're like, "Your artwork's the same, still the same, still the same." Ooh, but you're angry today. Uh, <laughs> mm, that's interesting. Uh, Talk about that. What makes you angry, Kyle? Yeah. And suddenly they had an expectation. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of the way it goes. It has been, I guess. But you yourself have, and honestly, I, I. I find that more admirable of some large. I mean, I have been a part of uh, some big cog, right? I've, I've been a very small part of a very huge machine. Right. And you could argue, I guess, that you're a small part of a huge machine, but I'm going to say you're almost a more important part. You're, you're doing your own marketing. You're coming up with your own skits, scripts, and ideas. You're making your own content. You're finding your own camera guys. I don't know. Do you got a union payroll there or this is all just I you mean, and your friends i mean if i'm hoping that's what it looks like it's actually mostly just me and a tripod and uh and my client okay yeah and i just and, uh, i make it look like we got a, a decent production team and we got people that you know I, like i'm interesting enough that somebody would follow me around with a camera but honestly dude uh yeah just it's all looks <laughs> you, you ever just hand the camera to the guy behind you in line at the subway and be like i gotta make some content could you hold this no i haven't done that that'd be kind of cool and it'd be cool to <laughs> video like their reaction right right you like, know? yeah how would now you would have to hire a film crew for that though <laughs> or or a friend or a friend. Yeah, I guess. You're thinking this the right way through, I see. My experience is with these huge cogs of, of people that go and get rich producers' orders. Your experience is, well, there's somebody with a hand close by. He'll hold it. 
I've got a tripod. This will work. What about audio? Audio has got to be hell for you guys. Um, yeah, no, you can mount a uh, microphone straight to your camera, actually. So it works out. Yeah, but you're, then you're filming a different area. Like, you have to check your audio before you even, like, you, you do a film through, right? And it's probably, uh, I'm guessing, it's probably like an outline. Like, oh, that didn't work. We've got to stand further away from the wall. Or Yeah, it's not, I mean, it's, it's not so technical. Honestly, if we're just shooting in the shop, we just turn the music off for a second and run the skits. Generally, the audio is pretty decent, okay. um, at least good enough for TikTok. You know, it's not... Um, <laughs> Nothing crazy. Good enough for the girls we go out with. Is that what the the, the reference the the idea of TikTok? Then my son will show me TikTok all day. He's he's obsessed, and yeah. he will show me things that will have him gut laughing. Just like I think he's going to split in two, and he'll yeah. show it to me, and that's how what that's when I realize how old I am. You know? Yeah. Like yeah, I, like, I do get that some of the stuff that like i feel honestly i feel like my best content the stuff that does the best is the most bland to me uh -huh. like the shit that makes me laugh just doesn't make these kids laugh you know like I, I'll, <laughs> I'll bust up on some shit and i'll show my kid my 13 year old and he just looks at me like okay yeah whatever you know? yeah. does he follow you uh yeah Ooh, that's that's big bro that's pretty big yeah <laughs> actually when it first happened um because i'm stepdad actually and when it first happened he's like oh you know tattoo matt is my stepdad and like his friends wanted to take pictures with me and shit it was weird uh, <laughs> and now it's just kind of like i'm just embarrassing parent number three you know do you film impromptu like you guys are out places and you're like oh this would be good and you and you film then not too much anymore okay. um I'll do like stories, you know, on Instagram, just because the focus groups that we've done on uh, my social media, people want to see more of the family and more of the personal life. Like people, people focus out there want to feel, yeah, well, like that's what you would call asking 10 people what they would like <laughs> no. to see more of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that. Sounds way more, sounds Whoa, way more dude. professional. Yeah. I thought you had like a room that you had to rent. You know, you had microphones just in there. Okay, now what are your thoughts on this skit? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you didn't my, like my it. Million right? dollar enterprise. It's uh, yeah, I'm trying to make it look like. What does the money turn out to be? Uh, from I'm uh, just from tick. I I imagine. Help me when I'm wrong, but I imagine the the platform is more useful in creating opportunities for money and other things but not so much for driving direct money into your pocket. Am I wrong about that? No, you would be correct. Um, they do pay you, uh, but it is, I mean, as a tattoo artist, it's pocket change that they're paying me, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so like yeah, when, when way people more from the exposure, they say, Oh, that TikTok, all you got to do is film a fart on your, on your phone now. And you're suddenly a rich millionaire. Everybody loves you. Not, not yeah. so not in your experience. Not quite. At least maybe they were able to capitalize on it a little bit better. I don't know. But um, I definitely benefit the most from the exposure, um, getting my name out there. Obviously, you know, getting a following like that, you know, there's some benefits. Yeah, you're on this show. Yeah, exactly. Big time, brother. Yeah. <laughs> You've made it from I'm your like... imaginary big world into my imaginary big world. Straight up. <laughs> Where we've got uh, union people. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, you know what's funny too? Uh, to get off topic real quick, please do. Uh, people, I have been recognized as you actually multiple times. Really? Believe it or not, and yeah, cause I didn't like, hey, think we were that similar. Honestly, you know what? When we met in person, I I really didn't think we looked alike at all. <laughs> wait, wait. Um, how much were you let down? And 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 that's why I like. Were you like these people think I look like that ugly motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> Well, to be fair, your banner makes you look a lot taller. Oh, I'm sexy on my banner. I know. Yeah. They spent so a lot of money on that photo. Yeah, they're going off of that picture where, you know, back when you were handsome and they made you look tall. Yeah. Yeah, back when I had hair, too. I feel so bad now when I meet people and their fans. And I'm like, yeah, I cut it off. I, I'm sorry. I couldn't keep that going anymore. <laughs> I know. I can see in your face how disappointed you are. And just so that you know, I recognize your disappointment. Honestly, I feel the same. <laughs> if I could have kept my hair, I would have. But moving on. Uh, the Chinese TikTok that you've become a spy for the government of. <laughs> uh, actually, I wanted to play harder on that, but you didn't You didn't play into it enough. Uh, I, like I felt you to be, I wanted you to defend the, the platform, I guess is what I was hoping for. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Sorry to let you down on the uh, the controversy. I'm, I'm not really into getting baited into fights. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that's probably why. That is probably a useful skill to have when you're on a social media platform. I mean, maybe, though. Maybe not. It, it's well, have for you, you right? <laughs> I, well, <laughs> I mean, that was one fight. Like, my whole life since has been... Um, me wanting to respond to people who are telling me shit online or whatever. And my wife being like, shut up, Kyle. And no yeah. one cares. No. And it's, yeah. and she's always right. I mean, anytime I have, when I'm allowed to do my own social media, I can't scroll past a shit post without like putting in my two cents. And now why, you know, I mean, I'm, why am I even talking to this person? Like it, it's yeah. what they wanted. You know, I'm wrestling in the mud with a pig and they love it. Yeah. Right. I get I get trolled so much, dude, being fucking, you know, that much in the public eye on a fucking Chinese platform. Like there's people on there that literally are only on there to troll. Like they have no yes. profile picture. They have no content. They're just literally on there to fucking comment some bullshit on people's posts to try and get them into a fight. You know, and it's just like, eh. what do almost, they? I guess I'm kind of used to it at this point. What, what do you what do you imagine they get from that? Because if they don't have followers, they don't have friends, then they're, it's not like they're getting exposure themselves. They're literally just occupying your and their time. To be completely honest with you, my conspiracy theory on that is they are the Chinese spies and they're trying to see if they can get a rise out of people to help <laughs> to help to help out this Chinese platform. Honestly, like okay. I, I really I really think they might be getting paid by TikTok because when there okay, is controversy. Yeah in your post that shit fucking blows up way more because people are fighting so the more comments you get honestly on, on it it'll fucking push out the video even more so they might be getting paid i don't know and why and then also it answers why you might imagine that it isn't a good thing to not jump on every shit post or every hater comment because right. it could actually drive your platform much higher oh totally and but it's way better when my fans get on there and they're like you know, fight back and forth with these people. They do it for you. Yeah. It looks way cooler because <laughs> then I'm like not even responding to it, you know? Yeah. You're like Trump on January 6th. You're somewhere inside <laughs> the beast fighting yeah. with the secret service. 
I want to be down there with them, but they're doing a good enough job by themselves, sir. Right. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to make it controversial now, huh? That's how you, that's how I find I do it. You, you invoke the, the name of Voldemort and then uh, you just let the chips fall where they may. So, yeah, now we've done our due diligence, though, in raising controversy. Let's forget about that. I'm going to call him a politician. I'm just going to call him yeah. politician. I know people don't like that. But at this point, four years into the game, you're a politician, bro. Okay. So All let's right. stop talking about. <laughs> oh, no. If you actually, if you have anything to unload about it, I don't mean to. I did not, actually. I just, uh, I try to stay away from politics as much as possible um, just because it makes me feel really disgusting when I hear shit and when I talk about it. It's just, just like not good for the soul, dude. And, you know, where the world's going, I'm not going to fucking change it by worrying about it. So I try to try to stay in my own lane. I try to make a difference, but like not worry about the world as a whole because I ain't going to fucking stop shit. Which is the big shit, but it's actually kind of, uh, it's not sweating the small stuff too, man. Because really, although you can argue the world is the big shit, our world, your world, is really just your world. And that's the big shit. What you feel and how happy you are in your spot. And if you're talking to motherfuckers about politics, you're guaranteed not to be. Right. Yeah, no, straight to the point. I, you know, I like to keep it more, uh, not that I like to keep it light. I talk about deep shit. I don't like the how's the weather today or what do you think about the Dodgers shit, you know, but like I just, uh, yeah, when it's controversial, I found that, um, with politics, people are not going to change their opinion, no matter how good of a fucking point you make. So no, this is true. However, I have found if you make the, if you make a good joke, the only thing I've seen to work so far is a good joke, you know, yeah, like it, it, I mean, it can set people up to begin to see from a different perspective. Yeah. Like when I, I don't know if it's a good joke, but I'm working on it. I'm trying to explain why I think we should not arm teachers. And that's because if we do the school shooters, they're going to become mall shooters and parade shooters where taxpayers are at. I mean, I, I know the kids are the future, but not a one of them is helping this fund this great monster of a United States that we have. I'm just saying, right. <laughs> Let's keep it, like if, if you arm the teachers, they're going to go elsewhere taxpayers are hurt i think you just keep them in the schools you know and uh yeah. know. not only that but like i made more than one teacher cry when i was a child so i i would imagine that the school <laughs> teachers will actually become the school shooters as well that's isn't i mean in my sick perverted <laughs> i mean i know i'm terrible for even allowing my brain to think about it but that's all i because i did the same were you in detention then oh dude i would if I could, if they could make me go to detention, I was in there. But a lot of times they couldn't make me go. You're like, just give me out of school detention. We know where this is headed. Yeah, I honestly, I don't have any clue how I graduated high school. I think it's mainly I like I charmed my way through um, by charming the the uh, school administration, like the you know the principal, the vice principal, and stuff like that. They loved uh, the shit out of me, even though I was always in trouble. Okay, you so were the like good kind of trouble. Yeah, I don't know. I, get, I just had a smile, you know, where they're like, oh, he doesn't really mean it. <laughs> I I do know. I I, uh, I don't feel that I've had that too often. I feel like I often get the other, where people look at me and are like, that guy needs to get fucked with. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, I do try, like, I've I never had a smile when I was a kid. 
I think that's yeah. especially so now like going through the airport or something like that, I'll pace the the realist looking fake ass smile <laughs> on my face, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, it really does work wonders in helping you get through your day. But uh, oh, for sure. yeah, I didn't know that then. Unfortunately, yeah, but you? that's exactly what I think. Don't you think then that there's going to be a teacher, right? And he's going to be armed up and that kid's fucking around again. Oh, you're tardy, huh? Again. Oh, my class means nothing to you. Again, huh? Break the glass, pull the gun, shoot the kid. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. kind of steps there will be, I guess, to the the person with the gun. Will it be holstered on their side? I mean, that's how I imagine it. Yeah, that's why I, I like to imagine it, too. It's just like some a paper airplane or something flies through there and he just pulls the gun out, starts shooting the sky like Yosemite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be terrible. You know, so I don't know if that's the answer either. I I love that you have the balls to make a joke like that because fuck, the world is so sensitive, dude. That like they cannot laugh at anything anymore. Yeah. It's fucking well, sad. I blame TikTok. <laughs> I blame I Twitter. Know, this, really? Honestly, I think it was it was there before TikTok. You know, this this whole yeah. sensitivity thing was happening, man. And, and like, I was late to TikTok. Um, I fought I think, it for a long time because I was like, I'm not gonna fucking get involved with some bullshit that everybody's just talking about. Like, I won't uh -huh. watch shows. I won't watch a show if everybody's talking about it. Like, that's just like this natural state in me. I don't know if it's like a rebellion thing or what, but like, whatever everybody else is into, whatever everyone's into, like. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to get into it. Like, dude, and I hate to be that dude, but like, I've never watched Ink Master. Oh, dude, now, <laughs> now you're throwing swords. Now, I mean, I was right there with you. Yeah, people tell me that sometimes, and imagine it might hurt me. But I mean, and I know that you don't imagine it hurt me. But it's funny how, especially like a fan, like or not a fan, or somebody with a fan, somebody will fan out. You know, be, oh my god, you're Kyle, and then yeah. uh, their friends, but I'm sorry, I don't watch. And you're like, oh. You're sorry. Like, I don't get paid from you watching. It doesn't. Right. Help. And honestly, this person that just fanned out on me, they saw me at my worst. I, yeah. You don't have any idea. I feel way better with more comfortable with you not knowing me. <laughs> right. Than this person yeah. who is like expecting me to be one thing and they're only going to be let down. Yeah. No, I get that. And well, so like, and I didn't even realize this was this was kind of a fucking big thing. So like the tattoo, there's a whole group of tattoo artists that are like too cool and haven't watched ink master. And I, I promise you, that's not me. I'm not like too <laughs> cool for it. I just, for, for whatever reason. And I've seen the little uh, thing on, t on a uh, Netflix where it's on Netflix. So I could watch it. And every time right. I see it, I'm just like, eh, nah, I'm not going to watch that. I think I started out very like a, in a, in, in a way that I was like, one, I was excited to see tattoos on TV because yeah. I, I was there at the very, you know, I've been doing this a long time, old fucker. So I saw the first uh, season and I was excited to see it. And I also then I seen um, Josh Woods, who was on there. I knew Billy Vegas was on there, who I knew. Um, and, and Shane O'Neill, all these, all these uh, great art. So I watched the season. And then on the second season, I tried out. I didn't get on. But my friend Steve Teft did um, a girl that I had met so many years ago named Katrina, who is now being called Tattoo Baby. I had, you know, she was she got on the show. So now I was it was almost like I was watching in a support of my friends. Then I get on the show and it got I can't even watch it to support my friends. And I was just I, I get too angry. I yell at the mirror. It's sad. <laughs>
my wife will have to come in and and I, in my mind, I will be arguing whatever. It might it won't even be a tattoo I did. It'll be a tattoo somebody else did. So like I watched a couple with like Chris Blinston when he got screwed over on the the last day there and stuff. And I will be defending someone else's tattoo. <laughs> it's so worthless. It's it's like All arguing right. with somebody in the comment section, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> just, but sort just of weird. in the same way. So kind of in the same way that people watch sports, though, you know? Yeah. Where they're, like, they're rooting on the team or they're fucking calling the dude a dumbass for doing what he did, but he's not going to hear you. You're just talking to yourself. Right, right. But you'll be all amped up about it. Right. That's me, unfortunately. I, I keep on finding this in just like what you just pointed out. <laughs> like I, I, in one aspect of uh, a, an idea or something, I, I will be like, that's so dumb. I can't believe people do that. And yeah. then you just pointed out the very similar because I'll be watching a UFC like you fucking idiot. Yeah. Put your hands up. Put your quit quit walking into it. You won't get it. <laughs> but you know, oh. I do the same thing though. Like if I watch a fight, I, I I don't know. I get too amped up. That's why I can't I can't watch that shit, man. I don't know. Oh really? Do, yeah. Did you uh, what's your what's your uh, your athletic career like? Do you have any? Were you were you in sports when you were a kid? Yeah, so baseball was my main sport as a kid. Um, I I fucked around with soccer and football, and, and I you know I did I did well in all of them. Um, I think I was like taller than all the other kids, so I was always like a little bit I don't know. I had an advantage in a lot of ways. I hated basketball from a very young age, and I've was always it just been because asked, you were taller because because everybody no. asked you to play it or okay. No, like I, I would play it and I just, I never really, I never enjoyed that sport. And then like, yeah, as I started growing up and was a teenager and all that, like everybody was like, do you play basketball? Do you play basketball? And You're it's like, no, <laughs> no, yeah. Like, I'm like, here's the thing. I'm six, four, but as a kid, when you're tall, you're playing the big guy positions, but I'm six, four. So if I were to like really go for basketball, I'm a short dude in the NBA. Right. Yeah. I follow. You know? Where so it's, it's an advantage kind of like, in another sport, it's it's just almost commonplace in others because there'll, yeah. there'll be other exceptional people. Now you will have to rise to a level and actually be athletically good. Fuck all that. Yeah, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to do what comes natural. Yeah, easy. Um, it was, I, I, uh, people come up and they'll tell you you're, they're, they're your biggest fan sometimes. And they're all wrong now because I met one that was seven foot four. Uh, uh, Chinese uh, guy. Chinese guy. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't Chinese. Maybe I'm saying, maybe he was Japanese. Maybe I'm being racist, but at least I'm ignorantly racist. Okay. It's just pure ignorance, but a awesome motherfucker. He was a huge fan of mine and he was the biggest fan ever. So we took a photo so I could show people when they're like, I'm your biggest fan. I'm like, no, you're not. But um, <laughs> also hates basketball. Seven foot four. And he's like, don't even ask me. I'm like, what, yeah. about basketball, you mean? And he's like, yeah, exactly, don't, I don't play. I was like, what do you play? And he, I think he was a chess player or something. It was like something he could Fuck sit down yeah. at. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would play cards if I were you, because you can see over the table. Yeah. <laughs> you poker, like, yeah, no, nah, you ain't got no queens. You're bluffing, bitch. Yeah, bro, I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm tall, but I, I play drums and I tattoo, which are two fucking things that you sit down for. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that actually it, it's worse for you for the most, at least tattooing, right? Oh, hell, dude, my back is so fucked. You do any yoga, anything good? 
Um, I try to kind of, not really. Um, okay. I've been suggesting yoga quite a bit. I, I go to the gym and exercise. And, um, that seems to help a little bit. I know I should do yoga, but I just, for some reason, I feel like a fucking baby giraffe when I try. So <laughs> just do what you feel comfortable with. Yeah. yeah I mean, not all the time, but it's just hard for me to get in the rhythm of something that feels so uncomfortable. Okay. Right. I know. Um, there was a for a while it was a derb morrison i think had a stretching routine because he he's one of these younger kids uh low right actually he's an old guy now <laughs> but you come up with them hip hug with them with them the belt around your waist you know just above your ball sack your whole ass out yeah. he came yeah. up in that age i don't know are they still doing it? they might still be doing it i'm that old i don't, I don't think they are okay well, so, uh, but when he would sit down, that belt would end up cutting into his a nerve right there on the top of his femur. And he, like his legs started going numb and all this. So he had to learn and he was big about, um, stretching, you know, work type stretching for the tattoo artist for a while. I think there's a lot of good stuff there, certainly because, well, you know, it hurts, right? Yeah. I think all of us suffer from pretty much the same shit too, no matter how tall we are. Except for uh, except for my friend Kareem, dude. He's, he, I don't know, his chair is like fucking literally six inches off the ground. He sits so fucking low, but he like his back is so straight while he tattoos, and I just I can't do that. I'm that one that's fucking, you know, my face is up, almost getting right. splattered with ink. Right. Yeah. You you end up with yeah. an ink splash on your nose when you get done. Yeah. And someone has to tell you you got black ink yeah. on your nose. How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you yeah. you like them crispy lines then, right? Yeah, I mean, if if the line's not crispy as fuck, like I'm gonna end my life probably. So, broken spine, crispy lines. Yeah, yeah I'm a, I'm <laughs> on that. Uh, but yeah, and so as far as like you know, sports, like I I stopped playing sports freshman year of high school. Um, that's when I started my my drug use career. Um, Ooh, awesome! Yeah, I got heavier into music. Um. So and what was the music that did it? What was it? Was it Ozzy Osbourne made you an alcoholic? What? <laughs> what? No, but I did listen Jesus to Priest. a lot of. I listened to a lot of Pantera, and I smoked a lot of weed when I was in high school. Obviously, the two things are directly related. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Pantera, Pantera awesome man, and no, they did absolutely. love the weed. Yeah, I, they really did. I ended up in a mosh pit at Pantera once in a Rob Zombie concert with with uh with Sandals. Um, it was, it was a crazy experience. Somebody had called for a rush. I just happened to be on the mezzanine, like walking around thinking about how shitty my seats were. I swear to God, I'm like, my seats suck so fucking bad. And somebody like pulled open this door and yelled rush. And like five people ran past him and passed me a couple of them passed me too. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why don't I rush? Right. Yeah. But then I had sandals. So I did make it down to the general admission though. Like I literally, I swear to God, like I got held up by one dude and I played possum. Like, oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm giving up. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. And I, then as soon as he tried to grab somebody else, I twisted my arm out and I ran down there just booking it up. Like I had a, a renewed vigor. Like I was like, fuck you, ain't catching me now, bitches. And then these two big steroid fed monsters <laughs> seeing me coming and all of our eyes, like there's this triangulation, you know, he could, they were like that guy, that guy, Hey, let's get that guy. And they start running towards where they can see I'm going. And I did like a baseball slide right through the people's feet. 
I don't know what happened, but I'm making it up. I'm going to say they hit heads so hard <laughs> that they knocked themselves out and 10 more people got into the general admission. But yeah, then the problem was, of course, you had a Pantera concert in the middle of a, a mosh pit with sandals on. Yeah. I mean, why the fuck would you ever wear sandals to a Pantera concert, though? The whole day was funny, I guess. But thanks for asking me about my my interview is going way off the trails. I am going to answer that question. Let's get back to you. I'm sorry, man. I'm going to say just simply my girlfriend at the time was a fucking cunt. Some friends okay. of mine pulled up while we were fighting. Literally, like she, like I was just like, I'm leaving. I'm getting out of the house because you're a cunt. And uh, so I'm outside and my friends pull up like, dude, we got one extra fucking ticket. It's only 30 bucks. Do you want to go to Pantera White Zombie? And I was like, yes. So I jumped in the car. No questions asked, paid 30 bucks, had no food, no anything. And uh, yeah, had a great night though. Fuck it. I ended up in a mosh pit with Pantera and no shoes on. So Dude, that's so metal. A lot of, lot of tippy towing around the fucking mosh pit was what that was. <laughs> <laughs> like, Don't step on him. Yeah. But, but you, you grew up on Pantera. You, it, op- it, not, it didn't open doors for you. I'm for, for drugs at least. Um, but I'm guessing there was some pain or trauma sometime. And I'm guessing oh. that because I know the way these things go. Yeah. I mean, so obvious, you know, obvious childhood traumas and shit like that. Nothing crazy. Um, just a lot of violence when I was young and stuff like that. But, um, but something like you know the drugs filled the void. Was it alcohol? Was it what? Honestly? Yeah. So, I started drinking first at a very young age. And when I found pot, that was like, you know, I, I tried my hardest to make that a daily occurrence. Um, mm-hmm. It was just a, just an escape, just to feel something different. You know what I mean? And um, mm-hmm. what really started me on the other shit though, was freshman year. I got into a fight and got my collarbone broken and was introduced to Vicodin. And, oh, uh, Vicodin. our favorite. Yeah. Yeah, Vicodin was like my first love where I was like, and I had already had back issues at this time too. So like, I, you know, life was fucking, life was pain. I was pissed off and Vicodin was like a warm blanket in a fucking cold world, you know? I've heard the such. I've been fortunate not to like depressants uh, so much. Um, I think they're harder to, yeah, I, I, I was a fan of stimulants and I kind of still am, but they're easy to quit because they suck. Yeah. Like, you know, like you just be like, I don't want to feel like that. That's all right. I mean, it's awesome, but nah. Right. No, I get I get that. Because I got turned on to stimulants um, shortly after that. I, I'm one of the unfortunate Uh-oh. ones that, that loves both. <laughs> yeah, you're a speedball freak then. Were you doing them together? Yeah, yeah I was at, at a certain time for sure. And um, Yeah, my drug use career lasted, fuck, a good uh, 11, 12 years. Um you know, four of that I spent in prison um, because of choices doing, I made. Doing drugs still in prison? Or, oh, or yeah. Didn't you, just, didn't, you didn't kick when you came back. Okay, so you're doing them in prison. Were you able to get yes. Vicodin and stuff in prison as well? No, but at that point, I had already progressed from Vicodin to Norcodoxy to the, okay. the street stuff. So um, Street stuff being sometimes fentanyl even? or uh, Fentanyl wasn't really around back then, honestly. It Thank was just, just black. Yeah, just black tar. Um, okay. And then, you know. You said just, I, you know, just a little yeah. black tar heroin. You know, yeah, just a little. it's crazy when that's like the minor offender now. <laughs> you know, like this fentanyl shit is just gnarly, bro, and it's killing everybody. That is crazy. Uh, and some know, people, it, am I wrong in 
my understanding is that one reason because like it seems stupid at first if i'm a if I'm a pusher and I'm putting fentanyl in it, I'm killing my, my, my customer base. I'm killing my client. But if I don't, if I'm understanding this right, there's some people that actually look for fentanyl now because oh, it's bro. a little bit cheaper out, out here. So I'm, <clears throat> I'm sober now. Um, I'm mm-hmm. in a program, you know, I, I work one of the 12 step programs. It's anonymous. So I can't tell you which one it is, but I, I'm in one of those programs. Is that, that and, wasn't uh, a joke. No, that's for real. It's anonymous, so you can't even name the name of it. Is it? It's like yeah. a secret society. Do you have uh, to like fuck a goat while they pee on your back? No, not nothing crazy like that. You just gotta like we give know up your fucking, secrets. You just kind of gotta give up being a scumbag. That's really the only. Uh, okay. But it really doesn't. I, I mean, because like I'm familiar with Alcoholics Anonymous and and Narcotics Anonymous, but yeah. I never thought about maybe we shouldn't even mention the name. Alcoholics Anonymous, because otherwise it isn't anonymous. Well, essentially, yeah. That's so. That's one of the principles of all those programs. And a huge but, part of of the use of uh, heroin and stuff actually is the stigmas that are attached with it. Am I wrong? Uh, what do you mean? Well, one thing that might make it harder for users to reach out for help from family or for societal help, oftentimes I've heard is the stigma of them being called a junkie addict or whatever, because as soon as you become that you're worthless, you know, or or it seems to be, we imagine you to be worthless. And yeah, is like self-perpetuating the problem that you're already trying to fill the void of your worthlessness with a drug or of your imagined worthlessness, I should say. Right. So so now we perpetuate the stereotype. Is that part of the, uh, why this group is anonymous? Um, that, well, that's not exactly why it's anonymous. Cause if I were to say I'm a member of this group and I am, yeah, I'm still a fucking human being on top of that, I'm like a very flawed human being. And my natural state is to be very fucking selfish and self-centered. So okay. if I am, if I'm open on like a podcast interview about like, I'm a part of this group and then I go be a fucking dickhead, mm-hmm. then they're going to be like, Oh, that's what that's this the kind of people is. that's in that group yeah so bigoted um, so thinking just, will rule and they will determine the all same way i look at religious people i guess <laughs> right exactly yeah if i'm sitting here like yeah my brother in christ i'm gonna fuck you in your ass like it's uh <laughs> it doesn't look good for the rest of the followers you know so yeah, yeah it's in yeah, a similar way it's just him and tammy faye baker's kind of ruin it yeah so yeah so uh to protect the group, you know, I, I don't state on a public level what group I'm a part of, but I can tell you that it, it has 12 steps in it and uh, and it helps. And it's it's very um, it's inclusive, you know, like you can definitely join. Um, isn't, isn't there a song by Pantera called 13 step or the 13th step or something? Yeah. 13 steps to nowhere. Yep. OK. And, and that then is is. Uh, is it also then about the step after the 12th? Like, I would, about I would relapse or not? I would venture to say that's probably what that song is written about. Yeah. Like, he probably tried a 12 step program and then ended up on the 13th one where he's, you know, and, back on the floor. And then that, in, in Phil Ensemble's life, we kind of know where that led, though, too. It wasn't good. Absolutely. But, I um do you, I guess what I really want to get at there was do you still listen then to Pantera and music of the such, uh, as it I'm not saying obviously that it caused your drug use, 
but there, there's an association, I guess, that I would imagine with songs like the 13th step. Do, do you listen to them differently? Do you not listen to them at all? Have you changed your musical spectrum? Um, no, not because of that. I still listen to the music that I like. Um, and actually I'm probably a lot less limited, um, with my musical, um, taste now because i'm not like trying to be mr cool guy that only yeah. listens to one style of music and everything else yeah. is stupid yeah that's stupid because it's not heavy yeah yeah <laughs> so like, like my what about that yeah. ballad you love <laughs> you know right. that one that you always get emotional about when they were yeah. playing it in the car and you're like this band's so heavy with this one song man i love it more than yeah. any other like bro i fucking love bruno mars i would have never been able to say that back in the day <laughs> I love that sexy little motherfucker. <laughs> I do. Um, I feel a catharsis when I hear you say that somewhat because I, I was trapped in heavy metal somewhat as a kid. Yeah. You know, for in a very similar because you were like, I I have this judgment of things that aren't metal now because I right. am, and so and everything that isn't is like fuck you. And right away I know that's not metal. Meanwhile, right. I'm trying to think of all the ballads. Like, that's what led me, I think, to eventually Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd was the accepted, I should say, in my genre. You know, it was like ACDC, Metallica, Motley Crue, different heavier stuff, you know. Um, and especially when you start like Voivod, you start getting heavier and heavier, Stormtroopers of Death or whatever, and uh, Anthrax and all these. But uh, then they would all have a ballad, but then there, there was also the Pink Floyd. It was like accepted that if you listen to this heavy music, you could still enjoy Pink Floyd. And, and that kind of, I don't know, it opened a door for me to be like, maybe melody isn't terrible. Right. Yeah. Maybe I can just like shit that just sounds good that I like, you know, which is in this case, Bruno Mars. What, what else yeah. are you surprised that you can admit to liking? Um, that's a good question. I Bruno Mars is like the main one. I actually went to go, uh, me and my, my girl went to see Silk Sonic, which is Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack in uh, Las Vegas. And brother, that's the fucking greatest show I've ever been to. I'm not even familiar with the Silk Packet. Who, who was it? Somebody at Bruno called, Mars. Yeah, it's called Silk Sonic. It's, it's Bruno Silk Mars and Sonic. one other dude. Good name. Yeah. Right yeah. Ahead. But it's like, it's like baby making music, you know, yeah. it just gets you in the fucking mood. Yeah, but now you're going, I'm always, I don't know, I'm, I'm weird about congregations. I, I don't, I'm not good with live music as much as other people. When you're okay. listening to baby making music in a crowd full of, say, 10 to 20,000 people, it's not a little bit like, damn, I need a closed door. No, it's. Nah. Were there the big orgies going on around you? You're like, that's. that's oh, Totally. Yeah, absolutely. It was worth every penny. <laughs> right on. Like, I'm just here for the sights, man. You're muffs, man. I'm just into watching this. I brought some popcorn. Uh, I, I like that. So, But you're also a drummer now. Are you in any bands then? Um, I actually just quit a band that I was in for a little over four years. Um, <laughs> over, you know, honestly, the, the lead singer got too much into the political shit dude and and we ended up getting into a fight because he was trying to push his political beliefs on me and then and like through the music then i imagine 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. Every lyric was about conspiracy theories and, and stuff like that, which I was cool with. But like when you start letting that control your mind and you get weird with, you know, people that you've been friends with for yeah. years. Do um, they call that me, the that's the rage against the machine syndrome kind of too, isn't didn't they? Uh, I mean, not that they're not all political and they all kind of share that 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 political voice. But I heard that it was Zach Bell, uh, Zach De La Roche's. Um, obsession with politics that kind of caused the band to stifle or to, to slow down. I would say, yeah. What I the story I heard was that he was misappropriating band funds to uh, to fund guerrilla wars in South America. Oh, yeah. So that's that's <laughs> the story that I heard with Zach De La Rocha and, and you know what happened with them. But right. I I think they're back together now. I hope. I, I think yeah. I've, I've seen that they were going to tour or something like that. I, I, whether they're right or wrong, sometimes I can admire somebody's political aspirations. You know, uh, Zach's one of those. I don't feel that necessarily he's wrong in his, in his, uh, in what I see of him. I mean, I don't know that, but from right. his songs, you know, they, 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 they were almost. I mean, when when I look at back at Rage Against Machine songs, because now what they got, some of them are like twenty years old at this point, right? Yeah. Jesus Christ. But now when we think about it, like those songs are played at protests. They, they're um, it, I don't, not even where they're played. This, I mean, they are a soundtrack for kind of what we're living almost now. Absolutely. You know, like, like maybe maybe I just wasn't aware of it prior to him, to this, you know, the music like that. Uh, but there's almost an irony in listening to the lyrics, especially depending on where you're at, <laughs> when somebody is singing along and they have their political message there with them, and you're like, "Do you even know what that guy is? He's, he's pretty much singing against your cause. Like, I'm at your rally here. I've stumbled through your parade of whatever, uh, but that guy ain't with you. I don't know what you're. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there is that, and uh, and honestly, I think there's um, kind of almost a requirement for musicians and, and like artists too, to like make people kind of think outside the box and make people question shit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like that's, that's what art is for. It's, you know, what there's a saying that's uh, it's supposed to disturb the comfortable and comfort the disturbed. Okay. Oh, I like that. Uh, yeah. So like, that's, that's Who said big, that? I don't know. That's just something I heard. Let's, let's just make it way. up so that it's right. It couldn't be Adolf Hitler because that would fuck it. So let's just say it's Picasso, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, normally I, I just make up Einstein quotes. Right. <laughs> I don't have the right person to reference because it was like, oh, he said a lot of shit. He might have said that too. But it might have been Gandhi. It might have been Gandhi. Okay. Right on. Yeah. And he <laughs> would, I could see, yeah. Or Gandhi, Madonna. Yes, absolutely. I follow. Or yes. Zach De La Rocha, you know? Well, I don't know if it comes off with the same appeal then. Mm, yeah. It, it doesn't have the same broad base appeal, right? Because right, Gandhi's yeah. been dead long enough now that people don't know him enough whether they'd liked his political cause or not, right? So you can just be like, Gandhi, right? You like that guy? He made his own clothes. Yeah. You mad at him? Um, <laughs> he's a little small guy. He's not going to beat you up. He's not going to roundhouse kick you to the face, you know? You can beat yeah. him in a bench pressing competition, I guarantee. Yeah, you can't really be mad at him. TikTok cannot be the. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to 
I'm just going to keep doing the straight to the point, completely off topic. I'm actually probably trying to get back to the to-, to the topic because, as <laughs> I understand it, like I know people will sit around and say things like, uh, you know, oh, fucking TikTok. These kids are all millionaires. They see anybody on TikTok. There is an old type. Um, I'm in that limbo between old and uh, and still kind of uh, in touch a little bit with the youth, you yeah. know. And yeah. old people seem to have the idea. Well, I consider old people. They seem to have the idea that if you are on TikTok, if you have, if they saw your face, you are making money for that image. Now, right. with that though, they also say anybody can be famous nowadays. However, yeah. I know, and one reason I know is just because not not so many people are doing it. It cannot be easy to continually come up with content. No, just like anything you get paid for, it's a job. It's not like free money. You know? Right. Well, well uh, what's no, your day so, like coming up with content? How do you how do you brainstorm these things? How long does it how how many um times will you make a TikTok in a week, say? Um, so I've gone through phases. At the moment, right now, I do a video. Uh, whenever I feel like it, whenever inspiration strikes, I'll write down a fucking a note for it in my notepad so I can remember. And then if I feel like making the video, I, I make it, you know, and if, if not, like I'll save it. Um, <clears throat> but I used to feel very pressured to produce every single day um, on top of tattooing, you know, five, six days a week, too. So, like, I'm, you know, I was just like literally burning myself out and uh Recently, I, I sort of scaled back. I had like a I had to reprioritize and, and, you know, my happiness is a priority for me. So um, <clears throat> I just kind of scaled it way back and I'm doing a lot more of the shit that I love. And when I do a video, it's like something I actually am trying to like not only entertain, but maybe educate people too. And like not every single video, but I try to entertain and educate at the same time. Um, you know, so like I'll do a skit of like some crazy shit that all of us had had a client do, you know, like it's a, it's right. like a well-known story, like, like, you know, like Monday malarkey type stuff, like how there's these memes where it's like, oh shit, fucking, okay. All of us are going through that with these clients. Some clients yeah. are just retarded, you know, and that's just the way it is. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> what if they're listening? Um, yeah. <laughs> Which is a real thing too, though, because no, no offense to any clients, but you're you're fucking retarded. Um, <laughs> it's not that he's wrong, and we know, and we love you, and you pay for our our everything. You pay for all the food in my fridge. You know what I mean? Like, but at the same time, I'm I'm I want to stop here, I guess, for a minute because of what I'm going through this very moment. <laughs> Before I I I uh, I, I jumped on here. I'm going doing a little back and forth with a client as I have reimagined their tattoo concept and made it cool and made yeah. it something that will be pretty and yeah. easily enjoyed. And, uh, and so I send them the sketch of this, which I always like, I even capitalize the word sketch when I send it in a text, right? So you yeah. know that I'm saying use, and I ask them even in that when I, I like, this is a sketch. So please use your imagination. This yeah. is not the finished product. However, even that being said, I, I draw such a pretty sketch that they can't help but like it. Right. But it's not the fucking, it's not the Pinterest. I, it's not the exact Pinterest thing that they fucking sent me. <laughs> yeah as the reference and um, so now it's like yeah i don't know it has to be uh, i'm going through that that's i took a uh, long time to 
explain my, my pain with when a customer says, oh, but you put your style in it. I just want, listen, no, you don't. Fuck you. Stop. Yeah. No, they, they want to order a pizza. They don't want you to fucking make the pizza that makes you happy. You know, they right. want the pepperoni fucking pizza. And they want to tell you that you're happy about it. They want you to be happy about it. Right. Like, can't you just be happy about my stupid pizza? Well, I have so many clients that will request something like that. They don't want any changes made to it. And they'll tell me, they're like, I know this probably isn't what you want to be doing, but can you do this for me? And it's like, dude, what? <laughs> you know, like you already know this is going to bother me. <laughs> right. They say it in, in the preface. Right. And like, yeah, you know, I'm not a coffee machine. You know, I'm, I'm trying to <clears throat> produce pieces of art that are like on brand with what I'm doing. Right. Like, right. Um, but you want me to make an exception to the way that I operate just to make you happy and copy somebody else's tattoo instead of like giving you your own custom tattoo. Like you want to wear something that probably 20 other people at least are yes. already wearing. And am I wrong? And in, in my what I generally find is they also expect that since they cut out that creative process that you live for, that they can, that the price should also not be as much, right? Like the, but yeah. now that you don't have to do any thinking, you know? Right. Can you just copy it? Can you do it? Yeah. For a hundred bucks. And it's just like, no, but like I've, I've had to get a lot more comfortable recently mm. um, with saying, with saying no and being like, Hey, look, like this is how I operate you give me your ideas. I give you my version of that. And this is, this is how we do it. If you don't trust me enough to do that, then you don't have to go to me. There's plenty of other artists out there that will copy your Pinterest tattoo. No problem. Have you been, has that caused a down, a a drop in any of your clients or sales? Yeah, I I definitely felt a dip for sure. And this is like, I'm just coming back up from that dip. Honestly, um, because I was, I was doing a lot of like walk-in tattoos and stuff still. And for whatever reason, it was just like, that was where I was at. I didn't make the decision to, you know, push my style until recently. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I felt a, a definite dip in, um, in being, you know, in my business and being busy. Uh, but it is, it was manageable and I'm, I'm coming back out of it. And now, the way that I've explained myself to my clients, like a lot more people are saying yes now and they're totally down for it. So that's, that's been an upside. I feel like I always imagined that and it does happen, but it's, it only takes one moment like this that's happened to me this morning for me to be like, this is all shit. I hate my life. Fuck tattoo. It sucks. I only know what I do with people. (laughs) Yeah. Canvas says nothing. You know, the canvas just shits, sits down and shuts the fuck up. Right. Well, let's me that, do what I want. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. That's where I'm at this, this morning. I think no that's like, no, that's, that's the frustration that we all go through, though, I think, as, as artists, you know. And, um, yeah. I didn't I mean, have a strong nose. Yeah. You have, you have, you've developed this ability to say no. And now you've been able to cultivate your um, clientele in this fashion. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I feel I, I I think that that's that's huge actually for what I hear from other artists that I talk to, especially big big name artists and things, because I'm always interested in how they cultivated their clientele list. You know, yeah. When I generally when you look at an artist that wants to be a Nico Hurtado or a Guy Hutchinson, 
don't know if I'm saying his name right. Atkinson. Yeah. If you find a guy that wants to be those people and he's not, a lot of times it's because he is being inundated with all the shop stuff. He's too busy. He can't dedicate himself. like that. And yeah. the, those people have developed a, a no, a very strong, like, nah, I can't, I don't do that. And so you would have to find somebody else. You still want me to tattoo you. And, and I think that that's the difference oftentimes that you recognize in their, in the success of an artist. You're like, what is it? It's not necessarily, I mean, I'm not saying it's not them technically, but the ability for them to continually show that means that they also were good at saying no to a lot of people that wanted them to do their butterfly and roses. Yes. Yes. And like, you know, there's always going to be a fear there because like how many times I've sat in so many shops or I've, where I've been working and just taking whatever comes and I see these guys <clears throat> saying no, cause that's not the style that they want to do, but then they're not, doing anything they're just fucking sitting around and that's what's always scared me and i'm always like okay i'm just gonna if i turn down money it's gonna turn me down so like i'm just gonna keep going um and then i recently you know i met some new people in the industry and um i don't know if you've heard of the tattoo guardians but like matt clemmer oh, yeah and, yeah matt clemmer joshua carlton and hip carlton um, did a tattoo on my shoulder oh awesome dude fucking i, I love josh i met Cl matt um uh 15 years ago at Massachusetts Tattoo and Arts Festival, Sturbridge, Massachusetts. He's, he's a great guy. He's got special water, too. But you, oh, you did sure. you do yeah. that course, then? Um, <laughs> you you know am, about his water. He's got high-quality yeah. H2O. But yeah, did you do his course? He's got a um, master, master tattoo artist seminar kind yeah. of thing going. Tattoo business mastery, yeah. I'm, I'm in okay. that class right now, yeah. But I've been talking with all three of those guys since i met them um at evergreen last year evergreen invitational mm -hmm. which is you know josh's show josh and uh, riley smith in um, or oregon or C it's a seattle yeah. actually, right eugene oregon okay eugene oregon yeah and so i met them all there and i've just been talking to them since and and so i've started trying to implement what they are talking about even before i got into this class um and <laughs> maybe that was stupid of me because i was like doing it without sort of instruction i was just kind of like trying to follow what they were saying on the podcast and, and what we were uh, talking about do you think about. you lost did you make mistakes uh then that you could have been saved or spared from if you had taken um, the class i think probably yeah but like you know also clarity comes in the doing so like i, I have learned a lot of this through trial and error right. um, which may be even more valuable because i know what works and what doesn't work for me um, a lot of I I'm, I took his seminar 15 years ago, actually, with with Kyle Cotterman when he, he did his seminar with that. And I think we talked about tattooing for maybe an hour, but the seminar ended up going like four or five hours. Yeah. And it, I mean, we barely talked about tattoos, <laughs> but that we sounds, talked. Sounds like that. Yeah. We talked about every he's like, listen, if you and he was one of the first people to make me realize that your clients are the ones that allow you or don't allow you success right. and you can work on all the clients in the world but you may not get the success that you want if you're the guy that wants to do that maybe you're an old school kind of tattoo artist that's just walking the shop sit them down line them up color shade them color them good to go and that's what you do but the other is if you really want to do as you do is I, I i don't feel i imagine you're the same i don't feel fulfilled unless 
I've done if unless it's me in that, right? Unless I I've imagined that concept. Yes, yeah, that's that's where I'm at too. And and there's nothing wrong with you know the opposing side where they're just like taking everything and they want to do all the styles and they're happy doing that. It's sort of like you just got to figure out what makes you happy, you know? Because I didn't I didn't fucking become a tattoo artist to be a slave you know what i mean I, I i could work a nine to five job in a fucking office if i wanted to be that but like i i did this because i fucking love to tattoo i love to tattoo specific stuff um in a specific style and like that's that's what i'm gonna do i just had to i guess experience enough discomfort and enough um, unhappiness and unfulfilledness doing that other stuff to just kind of decide to do it like uh are you you're a hard learner would you say then oh for sure bro i fucking been to prison and i did drugs for 12 years you know like hard drugs i definitely uh it takes a couple times getting hit in the face with the two by four for me to learn shit <laughs> yeah especially because you're you're all hopped up on the on the painkillers you won't even know yeah Exactly. But yeah, I, I, I've been called a slow learner. My mom said I was a slow learner, so. It wouldn't be the first time. What What's, uh, as a sober artist, now you're sober. Uh, yeah. It's been some time, I'm guessing. How, how long has it been you've been sober? Um, It's been just over five years. I took five years, May 31st. Congrats. Man. Thank um, you. It's, and it's got to be, we, we both do tattoo conventions. I see you yeah. at tattoo conventions. Yeah. Tattoo conventions and in that environment, which oftentimes, I mean, we, we work hard and then oftentimes there, there are, I shouldn't say oftentimes, there's always groups of people going out and partying. There's always an element of that around. How hard is it to navigate through the show circuit and, and, and connections and friendships? Because on one level, if I don't drink, I'm sorry to be so long about this question, but on one level, if I decide I don't want to drink, I'm going to be sober this weekend. Literally, this happened recently. Um, I've got friends that look at me way different. You know, like, you're not cool. <laughs> you know, not like you're not cool, but now, like, they imagine I'm judging them. Yeah, it does get a little bit weird and a little hard to navigate sometimes. Um, I don't know. I always, in those circumstances, if, if people really want me to drink or fucking smoke with them, you know, I just tell them I'm allergic. I break out in uh, handcuffs and felonies. <laughs> uh, that that generally yeah. works. Except that they usually get, we get too high and we try and make you smoke it still. You're like, we didn't even realize you said that last time. Yeah, they, yeah you, you'll forget and, and hand it to me again. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess maybe the fact that I'm comfortable in not drinking and using because of you know the steps that i've taken um maybe that what did helps, that take what's that you you what did that take i imagine it had to take a lot of painful soul-searching discovery oh absolutely yeah but um definitely worth it and you know at, at the time i was blessed with the gift of desperation like my life was fucking completely burned to the ground i had nothing um and i was willing to shut the fuck up and listen to somebody else that seemed to have their shit together. And, and that's really all it took. You know, it, it did take soul searching and stuff like that. But um, today, like I'm armed with facts about myself 
that helped me navigate through life and through situations like if people are trying to get me to drink or smoke, like I know where that goes for me. I'll end mm-hmm. up back in prison. No questions. I think I, I've been a long time. I don't know if this for, for me, it helps. Uh, but a, a teacher once told us how he quit smoking and he hated the taste of menthol cigarettes, but he loved to smoke cigarettes. And one night he decided to quit. And so he smoked a full pack of menthol and didn't brush his teeth. Stupid story, I guess. Short, though, too. But it illustrated a lot for me, honestly, on that, because I I like amphetamines and and, and, uh, speeders. And so if offered that, it's I I don't look at it as as the endorphin rush anymore. I look at it as the downer, you know, as the as the crash. It's always going to result. Like there's an inevitable crash that is going to occur if you do this. And you remember how shitty that is. Yeah. That crash is hard to forget, man. That's fucking gnarly. Well, is it? A lot of people, it's easy as fuck to forget, right? Like, unfortunately, a lot of people um, can't, can't seem to forget. Like, they can't remember the crash. And and they, they uh, just start revving their engine. Or so it seems. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they haven't crashed hard enough then because like some of the, like the crashes that I went through are impossible to forget, you know? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I think my general crash, honestly, is just like hating the birds, you know? I mean, I, I remember my life falling apart around me, but if yeah. you ever hate birds, like my grandma's a bird watcher. She was one of the most awesome people I know, right? Like if anybody's yeah. a saint in this world, it's my fucking grandma. You know, she yeah. loves birds. And in the morning, I'm like, what the fuck? Shut the fuck up. Like, why are you? <laughs> I'm going to go cut down every tree I see. Fuck you. And fuck your home. OK. <laughs> and meanwhile, they're probably really just outside the door. Like, remember how you kept me up all night last night, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a great time at four in the morning, wasn't it? How do you like it at 6 a.m.? What? Um. Your end, then, uh, that you found, is is it what you remember all the, that you, I don't know how I'm trying to word this, uh, but is, was that the downfall or the crash and the places it took your life? Actually, you actually answered this. All right, this is going to be a long edit, Matt. I apologize for that. Um, sometimes, and we get to that point where I completely lose track of, um, of my head and where we were going, but yeah, I'm asking you a question or I answered. Let me move on to other things though. Uh, like our, our mutual friend flip shades. Yeah. Uh, you've had Rick Megelson. You've had him on your TikTok. Is he doing TikToks with you now? Um, I don't actually, I don't think we did a TikTok together. Um, He's just Always. been kind of around. I know him from the conventions and stuff like that. I saw um, him on you and your friends do TikToks in a group almost, actually, is what I should say. I saw him on, I'm not going to get his name right now, but I saw him on another another one where he took over somebody's tattoo then. Did he come to your guys' shop and guest spot? Um, so you're probably, it's probably either Jake or Bobby. that he, It was probably Jake that he did that with. Um, and they're actually, Jake... Carmel and uh, Bobby Douglas are on the East Coast. They live in Maryland. Um, I'm I'm out here in California. I figure that you guys are on the same platform, in the same shop, and uh, 
that's I'm sorry. That's yeah. how old I am. I don't no, understand right. the, way the world works sometimes, man. No, that's cool. <laughs> I'm asking you a completely different we question. Became, yeah, no, we became friends though through TikTok, and then uh, you know, like I've gone and stayed at their house, and they they were just recently out here. Actually, Jake's still in LA at Nico's shop right now. Hurtado. Uh, yeah. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Big name. But, um, right. Yeah, we got a. Uh, we got our whole team. Uh, they call it Team Destroy, and uh, yeah, I mean, but we, it's we not kinda... a shop that you guys all share. Then I completely no. was thinking that you guys, as a team, right on. Yeah, How but you, you guys... got Jake and Bobby who are at the same shop on the East Coast, and then you got me and Christian who are on, you know, in, at Newport Tattoo down here. How'd you guys get on each other's radars? Then was it through the platform as well? Yeah, it was through TikTok. Uh, Jake and Bobby were on there long before me. Um, and Jake's the biggest tattoo artist on TikTok, and so like as I started rising in the world yeah, or what? Um, I, as far as I know, he's the biggest tattoo artist on the platform. He's got like two point two million followers. Good um, lord! Yeah, um, and probably half you know, more bots though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you never know. You never know. Um, it's it's weird because like. It doesn't feel real, right? Like I have 1.1 million followers and I, that doesn't oh feel God. real. It doesn't feel real until I'm on the other side of the country and people are recognizing me in random spots. They're like, oh my God, I've seen you fucking on TikTok. And they act like I'm a, a TV star. Like I've, you know, like well, I am an actor. Yeah. We I'm just all doing videos. That you're independently wealthy as soon as you have that, right? It, yeah. It works so on me. It works like, on the shit, works you're on famous. Do they give you sandwiches? Do you get what do you uh, get? I get I get hugs. <laughs> <laughs> no one no one's come up and, and and made it really worthwhile yet then? Not yet. I, I'm waiting for that. Like I see other people getting gifts. I don't I mean, okay, I'll I'll take that back. I got like a Harley Davidson shirt. I get like small gifts here and there. Not uh, a Harley yet cool. though. Not a Harley. I'm waiting for that. Maybe when yeah. I hit uh, two million, then they'll, they'll give me a Harley Davidson. But well, we we just got to ask, right? So anybody out there with donations of Harleys, yeah, I'm just putting it out there. Whoever wants to give me gifts, I, I will willingly accept. I, I if you look at it the right way, there's some. I mean, if if I can advertise to one million people, one one plus million people by giving out a Harley. Some corporations see that as cheap. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, um, let's uh, let's call up Harley and just just see what they think. Who do you know? Right? You need to have an I agent. Mean, oh, you've got an agent, actually, our good friend, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, is Jen she, Lee. Does Jen Lee work as an agent for you then? Yeah, she's my she's technically my manager. Um, she does some PR stuff and some agents. She reaches out. Like, obviously, she reached out to you guys. You guys are friends and. Um, yeah yeah we hired her many years back until i figured out that i i'm kind of unmanageable yeah. <laughs> Dude, there is a lot more work that i had to want to do yeah for it. like i i like this right here and uh i don't need a whole lot of fame and i don't um even know what i want half the time you know i just yeah. want to say something so right now i get to <laughs> yeah but yeah we hired her for some time and she did work that was good for us. She, she's uh she was hired as your manager not your pr person 
Uh, well, kind of an all-encompassing sort of deal. So she's my manager, PR agent, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, she's my, my contact for like Troy or any conventions she'll reach out. Like I, she just reached out to Jesse Smith, hoping to get us a spot, um, at his convention. Let me, let me get back on topic though. Uh, cause obviously I was pretty far off about flip shades and I hope Gandy can take that up. I just like to mention my friends in as many, many podcasts as I can. But yeah, no, Flip Shades is Flip Shades is my homie though, and and we're hoping to do a collaboration here pretty soon too. Um, I know he does a lot of collabs with a lot of good artists, so I was stoked when he was like, "Hey, we should do a collaboration." I'm like, "Fuck yeah, let's do it." That kid has uh, well, you've traveled the world now too, but uh, that kid has been all over the world and just for the adventure, right? Lately, and the adventure, and he sees tattooing as as that extension of the adventure, I feel. So it's because of his desire to do so many collaborations. Now people like yourself want to do collaborations with him. Right. Right. I, I find that to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's just some kind of weird, you know, round yeah. about, like full he's circle almost, shit. He's made it like, like the cool kids club, you know, like you're not cool until you've done a collaboration with flip shades. And I have not. Oh, shit, you better get on that. <laughs> no, obviously I need to. We do we did get we did tattoo each other in uh in the Minnesota ice park or the iced the frozen ass place. We went to a park and now that we got battery packs, you know, we sat down and tattooed little snowflakes on each other. <laughs> so, now now people will know my political persuasion. I'm a snowflake. Yeah, perfect. You know what, but on behalf of Snowflakes, I would like to say, uh, aren't we all, like, are you saying you don't like safe spaces? You know, like, who is going and standing at the edge of a highway? You know? Right. Like, oh, yeah. no, I don't like to have safe space conversations. I'm going to go and have coffee in the middle of the highway. Um, yeah, we're, we all like our safe spaces. We're all snowflakes. We're all unique. We're all individuals. And, you know, we're also all beautiful. Right. I love that. What, what styles of tattooing do you love? And uh, and what are you doing now? Um, so the, I, Let me just say this. I'm sorry. I fucked that all up. What styles of tattooing do you love? I love, I love a lot of different styles so as far as like the appearance and how they look. Um, my favorite styles to do are... Um, realism and neo-traditional and it's been so hard for me to narrow it down to just one so i'm just gonna fucking go with both of them um and i actually since there are so many collaborations out there people are like mixing realism with neo-traditional and it's like two different artists i right. went ahead i went ahead and did one of those at the san diego convention and i actually won tattoo of the day color um on saturday for a, a split piece that i did with a realistic skull with neo-traditional shit around it congrats um, brother and also how you. i mean how cool is that that you, not being able to give up these two loves you're able to combine them right yeah it was fucking super dope um and it actually beat out um a collaboration with flip shades and somebody else that was like super good <laughs> um, <laughs> like when they called them before you know because they're going like fifth place up to first and they called them on like third or something like that i was like oh fuck right. i didn't even place i didn't you know, even you place. thought you were done huh <laughs> yeah you're like i know i'm not doing better than oh that's awesome yeah. 
Yeah, yeah so we got to cool. rub that in their face a little bit. Let them know. <laughs> I hear you don't win all the competitions, Flipshades. Uh, <laughs> Calkins, too, man, that kid. But your style uh, of yeah. tattooing is actually two styles of tattooing. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm kind of I'm hoping to like do more of that where it like mixes the two styles um, because I do love tattooing both styles. Um, so maybe people will hear this and, and they'll want to come get a little mashup from me. Um, I know I'm not the first one to do mashups like, you know, but Yogi Barrett's been doing it for a long time. And my right. buddy Hip, my friend Hip does a lot of those. Um Sometimes that's even just important now that you have a name for them. Like somebody can look at a piece of artwork, say it's a mashup, right? They look, you draw this for them. You're like, I kind of like this because it brings these styles together. And they'll be like, yeah, I don't like it. And then you can show it to them and be like, this is what we call a mashup. People do these and they like it. And they're like, oh, yeah, I can like it too. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. This is like the hottest new style out there, man. It's fucking everybody's going to have mashups soon. Yeah, I don't honestly, there's a lot of lot to that because with a mashup, now you can employ a lot more tactics to address the body, you know, to, to shape it better. So like yep. if an old school tattoo sometimes is so heavy on line work that it might be too much for a delicate area. Like if I'm doing a tattoo on a calf, right? And um, and then I'm gonna have all this old school line work going way down to the ankle, it can make the ankle look thick, you know. I give the wrong impression but now if you change that to another style that's maybe more abstract because it went through a weird shaped triangle or something where everything was blue i don't know is yeah. that how you do it that's what i see everybody doing it's like it I goes mean, through yeah. a shape and then boom now you're into another area um i don't know i love the idea that that because it, it really take it, it allows you to throw away the worst of one style and uh to keep the best of it Totally, yeah, kind of a best of both worlds kind of deal. And by calling it a mashup, we can now get clients to bite on it. So I think instead of sending sketches, I'm going to start sending mashups. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> like yeah, this, this is, is your mashup. idea, and I mashed yeah. it with this one. People get these. <laughs> it's cool. You can too. You can be cool. Do you but find I, that people have a hard time being cool? Like, do they ever look at your drawings and be like, that's cool. I was just thinking I'm not cool enough for that. Uh, I've heard, I've heard something similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. I never uh, hear it like that, but that's how I hear it in my head. Yeah. <laughs> like that's <laughs> like, a little yeah, bit too like, cool for me though. Can you like, can you dumb it down a bit? Yeah. Didn't, uh, didn't you see the long sleeves I came in with? Didn't, you know, you noticed my gray colored car. <laughs> it's a minivan. There's safe yeah. SUV. They said we can buy Hummers now, but I don't know. I got the rust orange one because I'm a daredevil. But honestly, you know, because we're like we're close to L.A. So the big fucking theme right now is like those ignorant fucking patchwork um, tattoos <laughs> where it looks it looks like they got it in the house. Like they want it to look like a house tattoo. Wait, like wait, you mean that, that looks like it's patched like a uh, like regular like like uh rick does flip shades does or you mean no, like, no not body, clean body. like that yeah like just scratchy. like super yeah just like your pinterest like if you looked on pinterest and said i want all of that and they just fucking <laughs> threw it in random spots oh really like yeah, like even poorly planned see i'm loving the idea i know we're gonna have them tattoo booths where you just put your arm in the computer does it i can't wait 
I, I fucking, it's going to be so much fun because yeah. people are going to get exactly what they want then without the worry of having to excite their tattoo artist and their tattoos right. are going to look like such shit, you know? Yeah. Oh, totally. Pure wait till shit. that fucking, wait till that machine like rips half of your arm off too. That's going to be great. <laughs> I think they're going to be able to do it better than us. Like my skill for tattooing in line work, at least. I mean, now yeah. I use rotary, so maybe that's why. But it's gone down, right? In my in my career span, so I know they're going to be able to build a computer that can do a better job than a human. It's just a matter of time, you know. The old John Henry steam engine fight—that's that, real in every industry. So it's going yeah. to be real in ours. However, I, when the client yeah. gets what they want, they are going to have a pile of shit all over. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, with, with AI, the way it is, AI is fucking smart, dude. And like, I don't put it past these computers to be able to have actual creativity too, um, right. to where like, they're, they're not just like copy and paste type shit, but they're actually like creating beautiful works of art based on like the entire art history of the world. Have you, you know seen the AI inspired art by that Dolly program then? No. Oh. Cause that is exactly that. And it's pretty beautiful. And it actually makes me kick myself in the head. Cause I'm, as I'm talking about it, cause I'm realizing now you're probably going to be wrong, Kyle. <laughs> People are just going to trust this AI source to put cool shit on them. You know, like, Hey, yeah. hey Dolly, draw something. that will get me laid. They put their arm in, right. they go and fucking get laid and I'm out of a job. Dude, I know. And like the artist in me wants to believe that, nah, these machines are going to fuck you up or they're not going to be able to do what we can do. <laughs> Most likely they will probably be able to do them better than us. But what I think right. is going to happen in that case is that like people are going to be able to tell if you got your tattoo from a computer or if you got your tattoo from an actual human being. And that's going to make, you know, physical tattoos from actual artists. I think it's going to make that cool. Like the imperfections of tattoos that we're doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, then they'll just put an algorithm in there to fuck up a line every once in a while. Right. Like, I need a blowout. You know, yeah, just about one to two percent. Yeah, yeah, you'll be able to tell though. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to do like patchy fucking color packing and and you know shoddy lines, and it'll actually well, be <laughs> it'll be good to just fuck your shit up. That's kind of what they're wanting in California. Though you said they look like they just got put through an Epson printer of Pinterest. Are they, yeah. are they being done with quality, at least technical, like application? Sometimes, not all the time. It's like, it's almost right. like they just, I don't know, you've seen like Little Peep and like all these, these fucking, uh, you know, these little rappers that are all covered in fucking garbage tattoos. Everybody wants to look like them now because they are the fucking idols of this generation. So they're all coming in asking for, uh, you know, the same shit. That's, I mean, I, I don't know any of the characters. That does excite me somewhat, though, because I saw that there was a tattoo artist, or no, there's a rapper who recently got a really well done and thought out cover up piece where it was Love almost that. like a blackout. It's like a huge samurai on this guy's chest. No idea the guy's name. Um, and honestly, too, it's also one of those things that's been taken with a polarized film, you know? So, right, yeah. It's, it's got heavy application of white. Uh, on a black person, it's doing it as a cover-up. So I don't say that the image isn't there. It's just without the right lighting situation, that tattoo isn't showing up. 
Yeah. However, at the same time, I bet many of the tattoos that it's covering up did not show up in the bright lighting situation. So, you know, I, I just, uh, I would be excited that if people start to copy that, you know, like, hey, maybe we should rethink all of our Pinterest shit tattoos, you know? Maybe I right. don't need the Tupac cross and the praying hands. Um, yeah. Do people even um, do the praying hands anymore? Is that something that I people... Have I haven't seen that. I have not seen that. There's like a there's like a specific set of like twenty to twenty five patterns that I feel like every kid is coming in here asking for, and you know, and they're like they even know that everybody else has the same shit, and they're gonna look like everybody else, but they still fucking want that. They're like, I don't know, I just really like the look of it, so that's what I want. It's just like you hey, can't really I argue. think you you hit the hammer there. I, I think yeah. it, it. And bear with me. Well, well, I for everybody please god bless you all have to bear with me don't you all right long explanation of my stupid opinion on this though is people have always i mean generally just as a cut of people like you can dissect them up categorize them there are a small percent of people that want something unique very small and the rest of them only want to hide they want to be anonymous inside of how much they look like everybody else and they do that i'm doing the same thing i'm not wrong don't look over here i'm okay i'm just like him right yeah and then there's that one to three percent that like it unique and, and generally those people fueled the even start of tattooing in america at least you know that that was where it actually started from. and that is actually the spirit that people like yourself and i hearken to that we like about the tattooing world and we look to the old timers that just were like yeah fuck it i did it because no one else would fuck you yeah. that's why we liked it and that's also what made it cool enough for people to get but just like a harley that was once cool because of the uniqueness of it not uniqueness of it um because of the ragtag bunch of people that supported it it was uh former jet pilots and people who didn't feel like they fit in after they came back from the war. And yeah. that loner mentality fostered this image that now you can buy a Harley and you just anonymously matriculate into the vast pool of I'm just like everybody else. Don't look over here. I'm doing everything right. Yep. And I think that those people also are now that as they see tattooing, right? So we see it as this unique thing. And we, our experience, especially younger, was that more people wanted to be unique. And we imagine that that is not it. I believe that the truth of the matter is, is the larger number of people do not want to be unique. And by giving them a tattoo, we are simply allowing them now to join that fraternity of people that like, no, I'm cool. I lived hard enough. I did YOLO, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I did the right hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. See, no, I've got my back in my day it was Tasmanian Devil or whatever. Nowadays, it's a fucking paper airplane, right? <laughs> or an origami right. folded bird. Yeah, or like a wave in a palm tree. Wave in a palm. Yes, the wave I did. And now I've done that. I I don't know where I'm at with whether I like it or because at one level, right? We as entertainers too. I'm going to go and classify us as that. Uh, you and I, at least. Uh, and I think all tattooers, you probably should be entertaining. You're not going to get a client. Right? Yeah. As entertainers, we like the, mag the spotlight on our industry because that all helps. But at the same time, we lament having to do that fucking stopwatch again. 
Yeah. Yeah, there is there is like a sort of duality to that for sure. Um, and, you know, I mean, with tattooing being as big as it is, now you have people coming up that have been tattooing for three or four years, have never actually worked in a tattoo shop, you know, but they just got in with like a group of, um, you know, quote unquote influencers and have done their shitty garbage tattoos. And like now that person's famous and they've never even actually worked in a fucking shop. I think it's going to happen more and more. I think uh, I, I predicted some time ago the end to the tattoo shop, except in large cities. I, I think we're on our the way there. That the, the um, newspapers have been replaced by social media platforms as well, and yeah. I don't know that this technology won't do the same for tattooing as that there was a time when you needed the shop's reputation and to to. Um, bolster the confidence from your own client right so the person comes in can i trust you uh well at least you're in this good reputable shop i know that the, the owner wouldn't have you right. if you weren't but social media like images of your own tattoos they're easily as uh if not more influential in that category of can i be trusted to tattoo than the shop that you work at oh for sure so with like you mentioned the polarizer too there's so many people abusing the polarizer that oh, like we should, yeah fuck that shit looks so good and then when you see it in person you're like wait what the fuck that's not the same tattoo you know <laughs> which i guess we should explain possibly to some of the listeners too uh polarizing lenses can go over top of your camera and so it's not cheating <laughs> okay this is the explanation <laughs> for it. because all these things that are achieved with a polarized lens and then you take a polarized film and also put that over your flash or your light that you're going to use but all of these techniques that you can be achieved with that can also be achieved by photoshop in a method that used to be called cheating right and now yeah. because you have the physical uh, uh piece on your phone it's called uh it's another and it, that then now you are employing another art form called photography and right. so now that you are a photographer as well you can also take artistic license with your subject right am i wrong here? <laughs> no you're good you're good um and that but inside of that weird justification that i just went through like i we should have called ourselves photoshop artists as well back in the day and we could have got away with changing our portfolio pieces in such yeah. a fashion because we'd be like no this is i just use the tattoo as inspiration for my digital art right yeah no <laughs> that's a good point that's a good point and like with the polarizer you know i've seen seeing people not abuse it to where like it's only to take the glare off the skin because you know we've all had we've all had trouble taking pictures of our tattoos that's a different fucking art form yeah that um, shoulder cap dude that shoulder i can never get a good picture but with the polarizer it's supposed to take the glare from the skin off so you can see the actual tattoo but people are abusing it to where the blacks in the tattoo are impossible digital black where you're never going to ever get it that black in the skin. And the whites right. are like bright, bright white, you know? And it's just like, yeah. this, this is portraying something that's not possible to do in people's skin. So people are going to bring these pictures into an artist and be like, I want this. And then when you don't produce something that's that black and that white, like it's, you know, they're not happy. Well, what you have to do then is buy the polarized lens and the polarized film take the photo in the dark room with your special lighting and then show them yeah. and they're like listen this is what you gave me like no no 
and then show them the image that you took and be like, no, see, this is what I gave you. Right. <laughs> I'm just going to make polarized glasses and just give them the glasses and be like, don't look at your tattoo unless you look at it through these, <laughs> <Right>. these lenses. <laughs> and then when you go into a bar, hand these up. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to show people your tattoo, give them the glasses so that they can Somebody see it. Somebody wants to look, they're going to need this because it looks like shit. Well, they, they, they actually do that too, right? With like inverted images too. Actually, I, those are really cool. I should, I'm just going to shut up about those. I saw a guy that was messing with some stuff and he takes the picture on an inverted, I don't even know how you do it, but maybe he just inverts the thing and you're like, it's a whole image now backwards, right? I don't know, does that make sense? Have you seen with these? Where like you, you look at the the black work the guy did, and you'll see an image generally, um, yeah. and then you invert it, and you see almost a more dynamic image. Oh, to where it's like that green kind of look. Uh, it's generally white or black and gray that I've seen, but um, so that when they invert it, uh, I, I'm gonna stop talking about. So you know, <laughs> just you know, inverting the colors of any image, you can end up with something pretty cool. You know, so like, okay. I'm doing a T-shirt design once, and this piece is going on a black T-shirt, right? And so I take it, and I'm like, well, maybe if I turned everything white, so I just invert it, and all of a sudden oh, there's yeah. a new, cooler image actually there, and I'm like, whoa, I should have done that from the beginning. You know? Oh, so like, yeah, okay, I get that, I get that. So like, the shading is done in the white where the like where the darker shading would be it would be lighter yes yes gotcha. and it makes an gotcha. image when you take the, it's almost more dynamic in your camera's app which is then with the curiosity you're like well what the fuck am i doing this for because the person walks around not in the app right yeah and that's the thing it's like these are permanent pieces on these people's skin that they have to walk around with you know so it's yeah. like i don't know if you Which have to look at it choose? through a different lens, yeah, why would you do that? But I don't know. It looked cool. I know that's <laughs> that's one, one reason we would do it is because of the rise of TikTok <laughs> and the necessity we find competing with yourself who has over a million views. So I'm going to invert the shit out of this. <laughs> uh, I have over a million followers, by the way. I got like millions and millions. I have 20.7 million likes, not to boast or brag, but it's, it's no, boast or brag. Dude, you're it's on a my vast, it's a vast oh, amount. Fucking a man. I, I, I did. Um, and I mean, when you, I guess when you got that many followers, then every one of your things is getting viewed sometimes millions of times. If it, if it works that way. So it, it really doesn't work that way. Like you'll have a video that'll hit where it'll get like 8 million views. And a lot of those aren't your followers. Um, so it really just kind of depends like the, like having 1.1 million followers on TikTok does not guarantee me any amount of views on the videos I do. I still has to, really? yeah, still has to make that AI happy and the AI will push it out. And then, you know, more people, how much of like this has been learning that algorithm and such? I mean, cause it honestly seems so big and hard to understand that if someone like myself just is like, I don't even want to fuck with that muddy water. You know, well, it's, how much have it's you really, it, Okay, so it's. Well, I mean, I'm constantly learning, and I've been mm -hmm. I've been doing TikTok for a year and a half, and uh, and I've been at 1.1 million followers for over a year. So it stopped at 1.1, and it just kind of is cycling because you know to get from 1.1 million to 1.2 is a hundred thousand people. Okay, right. You know, so, a large so I've amount. Been, Right. So I'm gaining and losing followers all the time and it's just sort of stuck at 1.1. But right now, 
me having 1.1 million followers and I, you know if you have if if you have a tiktok however many followers you have um we have the same opportunity to make a video that will explode at you know for the same at the same rate in the same time it doesn't give me an advantage at all so i still have videos that i'll put up where if it's like if i didn't put put you know the right amount of effort or the right lighting or the right sound to it i'll get like four thousand views which is nothing on there okay you know what i'm saying so it really doesn't give me an advantage having that it's just all it is is like that many people saw my videos decided to follow because they wanted to see more but then when they follow they might not even see it then you're you're kind of also saying there's, yeah, there's a it, chance it does go that way yeah why follow that it's almost like just giving a like or seeing it, it. essentially yeah i mean it's it's helping the person that that you're following yeah i mean and if as long as you're liking and commenting on their videos you'll still see it that's how the algorithm works like if like if you okay. like my videos you go through and like five of them and comment on a couple of them you're guaranteed you're going to see my next video okay but if they're not really interacting with it then it, it's the same opportunity that exactly. anybody else might have right that's probably one of the cooler parts of the platform that i'm i'm guessing right it really is yeah was it um, it's a lot different it's different from how Instagram used to be. Instagram is now changing their shit up to be more like TikTok with, you know, like the reels and stuff. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'll put the same video up on TikTok and Instagram and it'll do better on Instagram sometimes. Hmm. Be, be, so be, why do you figure that that is? What are you attributing there, I guess? Honestly, it's really, it's tough to really kind of nailed down even like fucking with it this much and thinking about it all the time like it's it's really hard to pinpoint um other than the fact that instagram i think is is trying to catch up with tiktok so they'll they'll push stuff out farther too um they're realizing that the, the reason people love tiktok is because fuck it's it's addicting being able to get 10 million views on a video so i'm going to keep going on that and i'm, I'm going to spend more time on that app and i'm going to you know, produce right. more content on that app because I have a chance of hitting 10 million follow, you know, 10 million views. Um, so Instagram, Instagram is now trying to catch thing. up. They, they're going to, yeah. they're going to help their algorithms in places like that. Yeah. For that purpose. Cause it will get right. people kind of like uh, offering trophies at a tattoo convention then, huh? Exactly. Yeah. It makes you feel good. It makes you want to participate more. Yeah. The more you have, the more people are going to be there. Yep. Might as well have some trophies. Yeah. So are you branching into Instagram then quite a bit as a result? Um, well, yeah. So I've been on Instagram, you know, a lot longer than TikTok. And now what I do is if I produce a video, I'll put it up on TikTok and Instagram at the same time. Um, okay. And Instagram now has like the, the reels bonuses. So you can get paid for reels once you get to, you know, a certain amount of views and all that. Um, so I get paid for the same video on TikTok and Instagram and even still getting paid from both platforms. I'm not getting very much, you know, which would you say is paying more? Um, it I varies. Mean, it goes back and forth. Cause I, like, I don't, it, I don't know so why it, I care, I guess, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm it's interested now. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm wondering how this is going to develop in the future. Uh, obviously there's going to be more and more platforms coming out all the time. 
and there's going to be other things that, that pop off just like TikTok did. Totally. And then people are going to copy them. TikTok's going to want to keep up with them. So I, I'm interested to see this, I guess, play out. What that's uh I'm sorry, let me get back to tattooing though. I never because we got to talk about clients for a second, but I didn't get to ask you what your dream client would be. Okay, so my dream client, I've actually had uh, a physical manifestation of this client recently, and I've been putting it out. I don't know how you feel about manifestation and all that stuff, but I've been putting it out in the universe. Like I want my books full of clients like this. So uh-huh. this client came to me for a uh, Julius Caesar piece and he had some ideas. He had some reference of stuff that he liked and, and he gave me full creative freedom. He's like, dude, I trust you do what you do. And uh, I came up with something and he was fucking stoked on it. Uh, he never batted an eye at my fucking pricing. Um, you know, never had a problem mm-hmm. with it. He, he tips well on top of it. And during the tattoo, He's very easy to talk to, like super cool guy. Like we keep the conversation going, but I don't feel like I'm being drained by the conversation, you know, because like right. some, some clients I'll feel super drained from the conversation while I'm yeah. trying to fucking put everything. Is it worse tattoo. now that you have a following that they, on, on, a, on the, not Instagram, I'm sorry, but that you have this following now, do they want more from you? It feels like while they're tattooing. Totally. Cause yeah, like the, you know, the 20 to 20 seconds to a minute that they see on TikTok, it's super exciting and I'm doing a lot of shit. So like, right. I have kind of produced this environment where I need to be on my A game all the time. And sometimes when I'm quiet, I feel, I feel like a letdown, you know, I'm like, shit, you know, <laughs> just, I'm not on top but, of my fucking game right now. And I feel like you guys expect more from me. Right. Yeah. I should be but also, off jokes. <laughs> Yeah, but also what it's done too is like they come in ready to have like a good time and a good experience. Um, and what my what my videos seem to have portrayed for most people is that like they can be comfortable with somebody like me. They're not gonna they're not gonna be judged or treated unfairly or badly. Um, so they come in in an already comfortable and trusting state for the most part. Until they hear the part where we were talking about how stupid they are. Yeah, but I mean, even <laughs> that it's like. Like when I'm doing those videos and, and showing like the client jumping fucking, you know, five feet off the ground onto the table, doing a fucking dropping an elbow on it, you know, like right. it's, it's funny and they're laughing, but they're also like, okay, don't do that. Like don't actually jump on the table. And like, you know, like all these little things that we go through where it's like, and you know, they're not retarded. They're just, they're nervous. nervous. They're in a new environment. They're getting, you know, they're getting something permanent put on their skin. They're, they're having to trust in another human being, which is very uncomfortable for a lot of us. So they're in this really uncomfortable and sometimes new state where they're, you know, if they don't have a ton of tattoos. Um, right. So then, you know, like the sort of basic common sense shit kind of goes out the window because they're focused on like, don't be an idiot. Don't be an idiot. Ah, fuck. I was an idiot. You know, <laughs> Uh, but right, and then they jump are, on the table and break that shit. Yeah, and so my videos are like making them laugh, but also like, okay, I'm not going to do that when I go in. You right. know what I'm saying? So I'm kind of educating the clients as well because like Monday Malarkey is dope, but uh, and not to bring them up too much, but um, they're fucking hilarious and really only tattoo artists are following that. 
Okay. You know, I, you know what I'm I saying? I vaguely so clients, know what it is. Right. <laughs> I should probably, but it, it's it's a bunch of comments from tattoo artists, isn't it? About like just our day, right? Our life. Yeah. So it's like Randy Randerson's deal. And, um, you know, he just like pokes fun at shit that we all complain about basically. But like the thing is, is the way things were and the way tattoo, the tattoo industry has been is it's very exclusive and it's very like, we talk to each other, but we're not telling the clients like the complaints. Right. 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 Um, so we go in the back room of, and have our bitch sessions and we all agree. Yeah. You ask, that guy's an ass. And then we go do the tattoo, slap him on his ass and let him go without knowing any better. Right. Yeah. So, and now what, what's happening is I'm putting those videos out and clients are seeing it. And so they're laughing, but they're also like, okay, they're being educated at the same time. So have you so, already done some on the, on the subject then of um, like, uh, this is what I want, but I want you to do, you know, put your spin on it. And you're like, you don't want my spin, bitch. You're completely lying. Yeah, no, I haven't done it like that. That's a good one. I did do a video where I was like, here's how to choose your next tattoo. And it shows me going on Pinterest and just like swiping, like, like rolling mm-hmm. it like a fucking, uh, a lottery not a lottery but a, yeah, a fucking a slot, slot machine like a slot machine yeah, yeah. and they just picking one and be like there we go that's it and people are like i've done that and like i i have no problem with that and they're cool with that and, you know like they're all defending <laughs> it and I'm like you know so it's like all right man like that's cool for you but yeah. like at the same time showing people that like you know they mostly realize that i'm making fun of that so right that's not the way i want you to get the tattoo from me at least do get your right. tattoo like that we have yeah. a friend that does Plinko. He's got a Plinko for he's like seven or eight different tattoo designs, pays 75 to 100 bucks or something. Put yeah. the Plinko through it and you end up getting that tattoo. It, right. I wouldn't, Those, I don't know, maybe I would do that. I've seen some get what you get um, deals where they have like a gumball machine or, you know, something like that. Um, I would those do are cool. that for Mike Scarver had that going, but then you would get tattooed by one of his collectible tattoo machines too. So that yeah. is kind of an added bonus. You know, you're like, I really don't care what you put on me in this case, because you're going to be using this, you know, Johnny Walker, like literal Johnny Walker machine. Right. Yeah. It's still, I mean, that's, still the that's, original that's, needle. <laughs> right. And yeah. <laughs> and that, um, that goes back to, you know, like, if that's cool with the artists, like if that's what they want to be doing and they want to be doing like street shop stuff and, and like random tattoos and like, that's dope. You know, that's just not really, I don't know. That's not, yeah, it's not the sort of uh, the realm I'm trying to be in. You know, I'm trying to, I get way more fulfillment off of being able to be creative, uh, being able to execute a tattoo that I'm stoked on, you know, that I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is definitely going on my Instagram, you know, like that, that shit makes me happy. So I want that when I tattoo, I don't want to waste time tattooing stuff that, um, you know, that somebody else has already done. And it just, it just doesn't feel good to do. When, when you do these, is, is this also something that helps keep you on the straight and narrow then? I mean, if we talk about fulfillment and a lot of times the, uh, you know, doing drugs is going to be the lack, the opposite of that, right? Where you're trying to find something for fulfillment. So, are yeah. you using art in that place then? Um, yeah, I guess you could say that. I also just feel like that's that's sort of why I became a tattoo artist. You know, I didn't want to just be a run of the mill like 
street shop walk-ins forever kind of dude and there's nothing wrong with that you know but that's just not what i want to do like the guys i look up to are the ones that are you know in the fine art gallery type studios that are putting out fucking huge body suits of just like world-class work you know like those are the guys that that i say wow about and that's you know essentially the class that i'm trying to work towards um any other aspirations that you have? How far do you see TikTok taking you? Um, I think TikTok was a good launch pad for me. I've got a, a couple different things going on. I'm actually working on a project um, for, we're going to start it out as a YouTube series, or at least that was the plan. Um, it's mm -hmm. actually mine and Jen's uh, partner project. It was like, it was her idea. And like, you know, we've been just, putting this all together and i think it's finally at a point where we can kind of announce it um because uh -huh. we got we got the website and the instagram but it's called tattoo bus and uh what happens is i you know being a musician i've That's got some connections name. yeah right and so being a musician i got connections in music um and so i'm going to the shows tattooing musicians and interviewing them on their tour bus um, while they roll through town are you tattooing um, while you roll sometimes too, or not? Or you want it to? No, <laughs> no, yeah, okay. yeah. No, they're, they're usually parked at the venue already, but you know, just the fact of like being inside this musician's tour bus, interviewing them right. about the tour, like what's happening, and then also like you get to see the process of them getting tattooed and us talking shit while we tattoo. Um, oh, yeah. And then you get to see some of their show, like some of the music in there and going backstage and going on to stage. And so it's like a behind the music um, type of deal with tattooing. It sounds like um, a genius idea. I love it. I really do. Right. Because for any fan of, uh, of somebody that wants to get or, or any, any fan of a group and that person's getting tattooed, well, you're certainly going to watch it. You're going to, we learn a lot about our clients while we're tattooing. Sometimes oh yeah. More than we want. Yeah. No, big time. But if you got a camera there now, and these people want to know about them, that's I love the idea. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate. It. And like everybody that I've told was like, dude, I would watch every episode of that. You know. Um, yeah, I think it'd give you a chance to get to know a lot of other bands too, and and uh, you you could do the silk suede sound. What was the sonic silk? Silk Sonic, yeah, I'd be Silk fucking Sonic? stoked. Yeah, I'd be, yeah, that would be cool. My girl would, would definitely come what, to that one. What would you tattoo on Bruno Mars? Oh, I don't know. Whatever he wanted. If it was yeah, my I don't choice, know if that puts him in the chair, brother. I think, I yeah. think you know, someone like Bruno, you're going to have to excite his imagination. He can already get whatever he wants. So, what would you yeah. offer? I guess that's why I say, what would you offer? Like he's listening. He know he always listens to my show. It's a good friend. Yeah. So he's listening. <laughs> I'm telling you, Bruno. Dad, put your put your proposal <laughs> together and let's see if we can't put this thing together on the tattoo tour bus. Yeah, no, fuck. Um, I would if it was my choice, I'd tattoo my face on him. That way, every everybody that fucking saw him would see my face. You know what I mean? And just make me more recognizable. No, but um, would I don't you know, tattoo your face up. on his face? Oh hell yeah. Right, huh? My biggest, my biggest uh, influence probably be Stevie Wonder, I guess. Oh hell yeah! All right. But you're not far from Stevie Wonder to Bruno Mars, in my opinion, either. 
No, you should check out Silk Sonic. You would probably like that. It's like a retro kind of seventies funky vibe. I will. I uh, it, it already made it to my like look up list <laughs> here on the on the page. You can always find me on social media, Instagram at Matt Vaught dot, uh, underscore tattoo, and Vaught is V A U G H T. It's a weird last name, I know, but I'm the only one with it as far as I know. There's there's two T's in Matt as well, right? Yeah, two T's. Probably and everybody then, should know that. I'm just one of those special people that misspells every tattoo I've ever <laughs> fucking done. I'm, so, anyways, go on. <laughs> Where uh, else can we yeah. find you? Because you're at a shop as well, right? Yeah, so I'm in uh, Newport Beach, Costa Mesa area. Um, I work at Newport Tattoo. I just moved over to the Costa Mesa location out of Newport Beach. Um, so you can find me at Newport Tattoo at one of the locations. Sure. For mashups and nothing else. Don't bring your Pinterest shit. You hear me? Yeah. Bring about that Pinterest shit. Yeah. Unless you see one of my tattoos on Pinterest, then you can you can bring that in and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Could you could you work? I mean, if you like to do mashups enough, could you even take the most mundane tattoo, some Pinterest tattoos, mash two of them together in some fashion and make them fun? Oh, absolutely. I could, I could come up with some cool shit. So nothing's impossible. Good. Nothing. Nothing's impossible. Um, but yes, yeah, so mattvod.com, uh, mattvod underscore tattoo on Instagram, or uh, TikTok is tattoo underscore Matt. Like I'm the tattoo Matt. You're the tattoo Matt? Yep, I'm the one. And don't let people wipe their feet on you. Stupid. I'm sorry. I got dad jokes galore. It, it happened when I started tur- when I got a granddaughter. No, I love dad jokes. Actually, they're like my favorite. Oh, good, good. Do you know why the cowboy uh, got a Datsun, a wiener dog? No. To get along, little doggy. <laughs> <laughs> With that, I've got the shaking head emoji from my wife. <laughs> she hates that one the most. Is um, I don't know. I guess. I guess. I don't know. She never knew that Cowboy said, get along, little doggy. Yeah, it's a it's a John Wayne joke. Yeah, it was, uh, there's even a song. You can Kaye. Had to look it up. You know, because yeah. I didn't know. Maybe I was living in one of them parallel universe mandala effects where get along, little doggy wasn't a thing for Cowboys <laughs> to do. But uh, apparently they do love wiener dogs. So people uh, should get on with it. So we can find you uh, also, though, tattooing at different tattoo conventions. So even if you're not tattooing in a tour bus, which the average customer probably doesn't get tattooed there by you. Um, Correct. But they can t- get tattooed by the many places you go. Are, what's your traveling plans looking like? Um, travel, actually, for the rest of the year is going to be pretty much domestic. I'm Like I said, I might. Oh, I'm well, trying, then I lied. Trying to get <laughs> Uh, no, I'm, I, I usually am traveling a lot, um, and I'm trying to get to uh, Jesse's convention in Richmond, Virginia. Um, I will be at Golden State only on the Sunday of that convention because I have other obligations. Um, and then, of course, January, I'll be in Philadelphia, and we'll be starting off the whole tour again. But just it looks like for the rest of the year, I don't, I don't have too many travel plans. I might try to guest spot in a few places, but people can always... Um, if you follow my Instagram, that's where I put up my travel updates, and uh, you'll get to see, yeah, you guys will get to see when I'm coming to a town near you. And we'll see you in Philly then as well. Yes, sir. Well, I look forward to it, Matt. Uh, you have a good one, brother. You too, brother. I'll talk to you soon.